0: Every morning we the morning uh, chanting we do the devotional practices. Devotion and functioning religious experience sometimes is overlooked. People are busy uh, with the self they with self examination and get are so involved in trying to understand the permanency and suffering and not-self. And the devotion to uh, balancing out of the emotions. One thing is to reflect on uh, one's position in this universe and relationships to the other beings around. So when you contemplate where the universe really is, for each one of us it's our own heart. It's is how we perceive, it's is how we see the universe around us. To reflect on the fact that we create the universe we live in, we Create ourselves, our personalities, just out of habit, out of karma. We are what we are because of our actions, and our beliefs, and our thoughts, and views. Things we say, the things we do. This is how we create ourselves. And we usually do creation out of just blindness, just reacting blindly to situations out of conditioning, out of ignorance. So in our devotional life, we reflect what is our relationship to other beings around us. And we just solely isolated and separate from them. We only have to be concerned about ourselves or do we have an effect on the other beings in the universe. If I started to scream and shout and curse and swear, jump up and down, grab a knife and start running at you, would this upset you? Or would you be so calm and cool and somehow my actions and my speech would not in any way have any effect on you? If good things, kind things, loving things, or if I say critical, harsh, and brutal things, if I say stupid and ignorant things, but if I sit here and bore you for two hours, with are boring, kick-tack, stupid talk. There's a meta-practice of loving kindness we front of place. Our relationship with this being that we live with, and our, what we call our own body and mind, and its proper relationship with the other beings in the universe. So we start with the you go Home, which means, may I be happy. First of all, you've got to develop a proper and correct attitude toward yourself the wise you end up being sentimental and ingenuous and not honest with others. You tend to get caught in wanting to please or being obsequious or being silly about one relationship with other beings if you don't love yourself. If you hate yourself, you disparage yourself and you have no respect for yourself, then your relationships with others will be false. The other beings will know this, will be affected by this, genuine. So, of course, the first year is to say the feeling of metta for yourself. Metta is, 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 is uh, translated into English as loving kindness sense of love, positive feelings, uh, not wanting others to suffer, to be unhappy this kind of grandness of mind, in which we develop a respect and a concern for other beings. So, to develop the right attitude, you know, in loving kindness, they often say, Visualize a friend of your own sex, who you like and respect, Mm. who you feel love for, but not attachment or infatuation or or sentimental feelings, but one in which you respect and love. That kind of feeling you wish. uh, You wish. uh, they not suffer, that they be happy, that they be enlightened. That kind of feeling, it's nothing grand or great, nothing special, in the sense of great emotional ecstasy of tears and emotions, and words, wanting uh, the welfare for all living beings, or for this particular person. but just that gentle feeling of wishing somebody a good friend, Wishing them well, that they may not suffer, that they may be able to get beyond their own suffering. That kind of feeling towards yourself, not self infatuation or sentimentality or getting overly concerned with yourself saying to yourself, out of respect, may this being that I call myself, his invention, say is me, is mine, may this being here be happy, may it not suffer, may I not suffer, may I be be able to get past misfortune, be delivered from greed, hatred and delusion, may I be in life And from this heart center, in your own heart, you radiate this feeling outward to all beings everywhere. Visualize beings to you know. start with those that you feel positive for, good friends. Then those you feel, uh, indifferent for, rather and it. Interest or uninterest. Well, at least even to the point of setting this loving kindness to all beings, or beings that you don't like, that you feel hatred or aversion to. Maybe your emotions are saying, "I'm being false. I want that person to suffer. I want them to be miserable." But reflect. That's not really what you want. It's the emotional reaction. The grand gesture, the kind thing, is to wish even your enemies, the people who have treated you wrongly, taken advantage of you, exploited you, mistreated you, wishing them happiness. May they not suffer. May they be liberated from their ignorance, from their grief, from their hatred. creating this feeling outward to all beings that you don't know, all beings you know, all beings you don't know, all the good, lovely, kind and virtuous, beautiful beings, and all the unhappy, despairing, miserable, suffering beings that exist in this universe. Well, the ones that believe and ask in the way that you think they should and all those that believe and act in asking the opposite way. So if you cover all experience, leaving out not as limit unlimited loving kindness. Practice of devotion. Expanding one. Uh, emotion. We all have a certain amount of loving time, as all beings due. We have, made it but it's probably limited to only a certain few. Like we have loving time is for our immediate family or for our cats and dogs. For our friends. For our own nation, maybe, or for our own race, or our own sex. Sometimes we're lacking in loving kindness towards other races, other nations, other political parties, other religions, students in other universities, people practicing different techniques of meditation. With loving kindness, we eradicate all difference. Not dwell on that, this one is, doesn't agree with me, this one is evil, this one is good, this one I want to be successful, that one I hope suffers in hell for eternity. That kind of thinking, we discard. we no longer attach to an it. Instead, open our hearts to this grandness, the grandeur more encompassing love. Whether your emotions agree with us or not it doesn't matter. It's a direction to point yourself forth, to reflect on it every day. Like when you get up in the morning. Rather than thinking about negative things or having to face people you don't like, having to do this thing you don't want to do. Starting out your day in a negative way, it's always good to start out with, may all beings be happy. You if it's a perfunctory statement, it's all right. Eventually, it will become the inclination of your mind. Your mind will be inclined in that direction. The more you point it in that direction, And stop indulging in negativity and hatred and aversion, you find your mind inclining into that feeling of metta, loving kindness. Compassion or karuna. This comes to understanding yourself. You begin to see get some perspective on the universe from watching your own Heart, your own mind, understanding your own body, your own emotions, your thoughts and feelings, understanding your own birth, all day sickness and death, beginning to contemplate that all beings are subject to the same process, we're all in the same boat, we've all got the same problems, we're all born, we all get sick, we all get old, and we all uh, have to face death. There's not one living being that is any different from the minutest germ to the uh, greatest uh, of living beings. Most intelligent or the most stupid, most beautiful or the most hideous, all have the same problem of birth, old age, sickness and death. You begin to see your own hunger, the fire in your body burns away. Always making you trying to consume, to grasp hold of something, to find security, trying to find food, trying to find a place to live, trying to provide a place where you won't, won't suffer too much, where you'll be physically comfortable for at least a little while. But even under the best of physical conditions, there's always going to be pain and discomfort. You could see here, i in meditation for an hour. temperature of the room is quite alright. The floor is carpeted. It's got pillars to sit on. It's not uh, a room filled with luxurious paced lounge, armchairs. that even for one hour under these conditions there's a certain amount of physical discomfort that you have to endure. You don't sit for very long and suddenly you have to endure some kind of discomfort, pain, annoyance, some kind of annoyance, some kind of fear. Internal stomachache or headache beings have the same suffering. Always dumb animals always smart animals. Just like we uh, human beings, we kind of despise over this our mortality by trying to pretend that it's not important or that it doesn't really exist. So we try to promote, you know, make environments and Create situations in which we can fool ourselves, like our own greed. We disguise under a system of manners and etiquette, uh, wearing clothes, uh, living in environments where we can still uh, fill a place with that which is beautiful and delightful to our senses. Refrigerators and freezers, and store up money in the bank so that if we have a sense of security, that we can, if we get hungry, we can always get a meal. But hunger itself is always eating away at us. We observe it. This compulsion to eat to consume. If we don't eat enough, we feel pain. If we eat too much, we feel pain. Our body. It burns away. It's the way it is. You say, I don't want that. I don't want greed. I don't want to be greedy. I'll just ignore it. I'll try to conquer it. Do it in. And no matter what you do, it's always there until you die. There's always that fire burning as long as there's a life force. As long as your body is alive, there's fire. It has to consume. So with loving kindness, with compassion, you provide the proper nourishment for it. Learn how much to feed it. Take proper care of this creature, this, this being. Loving this being, loving yourself in the right way. Learning how to live with fire. Learning how to live with desire without being just reacting to it with aversion or with indulgence. Being equanimous towards your own fire, towards your own greed, towards your desire. Compassion is then generated outward to all beings. You can see all beings have the same problem. That you and all beings are the same in the same condition. That you're all the same. When you dwell on this and you contemplate it, then you no longer have any desire to destroy or hurt or, or exploit other beings. Then you even have consideration and respect for the most horrible, annoying side of being like compiling with a mosquito. Now there's no possible way, no matter how positive and kind you may be, to find anything lovable about a mosquito. when you reflect that the mosquito has the same problem as you do and has a fire burning in it, it has to go out and look for something to eat, instinctually it has to procreate, reproduce itself, and then it gets old and it gets sick and dies just like you do. They begin to develop as the right attitude towards the mosquito. Material, is a very good teacher. Sympathetic joy or mudita, which is even going further. This is when you start giving to others. Not just the understanding of the suffering of others, but giving back to others. Joy, sympathetic joy. No longer the concern for just me and mine and what I want, and my comfort, and my uh security. But from compassion comes with detail. Maybe I can help other be. Give them things, share help them in any way I can, by like living, by teaching, by whatever is possible. And then there's joy arises. When one is no longer busy trying to figure out oneself, or trying to protect oneself from the universe, or it's just uh, caught in the sense of me and mine, all by myself alone, Emotions are expanding, expanding. When you're no longer concerned with yourself, when you understand yourself and your relationship to all beings in the universe, then there's this joy of giving, sharing. I mean, Indiscriminately. not saying, I only am going to share and teach those creatures that are suffering, but you also feel joy and happiness at the beings who are happy. Get beyond envy and jealousy, smallness of heart. Sometimes it's easy for us to feel compassion. Love for beings who are less fortunate than we are, who we consider inferior. Sometimes it's easier to love animals than it is humans. It's easier to love people who are in no way threatening you. So you can look down on it, and part of a father, a mother, too. But with it is meditation also directed towards those beings who are better than you, more gifted, more talented, richer, happier, more virtuous, more beautiful, richer, the joy of somebody else's success, the joy of somebody else's happiness, of somebody else's enlightenment, somebody else's virtue. This is an age now for Mudita. You can see we've been through an age where the the virtues of compassion have been developed. You see around you in England, Britain. the great concern for the workers, for the minority group. Sense of wanting to help and uplift those who are less fortunate. Who have suffered by being exploited by the rich, by the powerful. We can condemn the aristocrats, the rich, they are horrible people, they, they should all be killed. All their wealth taken away. Given, like robbers would do. I'll take all the, the riches' wealth from the rich people and share it the poor. This is compassion, but it's not Magita. You see, in communist revolutions, there's a lot of compassion, but not any sympathetic joy. Of Maitreya Buddha, in an age where the quality of the developed, it's not highly developed among the human race so far anywhere. The poor are envious of the rich. The rich are afraid and feel intimidated and suspect the poor of wanting to take away their wealth. One side becomes patronizing, the other side becomes resentful. So this would be death. This is just a, a, a refining of the emotion. We know what we need. We know what we is necessary to take care of our needs. We're no longer concerned with trying to become powerful or rich We're no longer intimidated or threatened by those who are better off than we are. We can share this love and love those people also. For example, like a monk, a Buddhist monk trains himself to eat only what he needs, eating only at one time in the day, before noon. Then sharing what's left of the meal with any anyone uh, allowed to there who would need this. Rather than yeah. throwing up food for the next day, the bhikkhu eats one meal a day and then depends on the kindness and charity of others for the meal of the next day. Not enough. So you leave cakes the need these things are food for me tomorrow, give it to me. We can't do that. We can't ask that. We're our training our discipline. We train ourselves to let go, to share what we have. This kind of practice, learning to let go, to share, to give, Most of us have gone through a lot of suffering in regards to envy and jealousy. We hear about somebody who's better or also more intelligent, more gifted, We always wants to kind of kick him down. Say, well, she may be beautiful, beautiful, but she's dumb. She's got a pretty face, but she's stupid. Somebody here, somebody who's better than us, better student, better something than Well, that may be so, but I've heard there's <laughs> a natural so tendency, they are out of ignorance, to not be able to stand somebody who, like Snow White's mother. To understand the idea of, of Snow White being more beautiful. There's, this woman, like Medita. So we contemplate this Medita, the pathetic joy, the raising of the consciousness, the expanding of the emotion. Then the uh, upekā, or equanimity, this is our uh, practice. Well, on this, developing this upekā in your life, equanimity is very important. With up with Karuna, with Mudita, with Karuna, Mudita, this is directed outwards to other beings. With metta, this is directed at oneself and then radiated outward. We don't have to feel sorry for ourselves, indulge in self-pity or compassion for oneself. Metta is enough. That feeling of respect, not wanting to harm or exploit yourself or disparage yourself. The Karuna is directed outward, that's how you relate to the society, with mudita, karuna, mudita. That's how you live in the society, how you relate the relationship to the beings around you. Utah indifference. Equanimity. Whether you succeed or fail, you get praised and you get criticized. In a good fortune and bad fortune, you remain indifferent to the result. Equanimity. Somebody says you're the most wonderful person in the world. You hear it, but you don't react with joy. Thinking I'm the most wonderful person in the world. Getting lost in the joy, gladness that may come from being praised. Somebody says they're the most rotten person in the world. You remain indifferent. You don't like it, but you don't indulge in this dislike or criticism. You allow know it to be. Success or failure? Now we all want to be successful. when we do, like in our meditation, in our jobs, professions, our relationships with others. Success with success is admired. You get praised for being successful. Nobody likes failure. We're ashamed if we fail. And we're very happy and glad if we're successful. Nobody brags about their failures. We try to avoid the subject <laughs> But in this meditation that you're doing, you'll fail a lot. Because this is where you have to learn. Failure is something we don't like, something we want to ignore. Something we react to aversion. We disparage ourselves, we hate ourselves for our failure. Because we are not we don't have upei power. We've not developed upei power equanimity That's That's a meter of they call it to take out. Ajahn was always stressing this. That point of balance between the extremes, they call it the eighth worldly dhamma, high status, low status, good fortune, bad fortune, praise and blame, happiness and suffering, We do pay car with equanimity, we We endure our failures. Indifference doesn't matter. This is the condition. Failure is one one condition that comes and goes. It's not me, it's not mine. Success the same. When you have a good meditation, when you're high, your mind is clear. Don't get lost in joy and gladness. It's only a condition. You think you're enlightened. You sit for a week, ten day course. Your mind becomes, you be very calm, you get very hard. And you think you understand everything. And you attach to that, you feel glad, you feel happy, and then you start resenting things that might interfere, or cause you chaos or confusion. With clarity, a mind clear, beautiful, magnificent is only a condition. A mind mean and ugly and nasty is only a condition. Neither be glad nor be sad in regards to these things. Be indifferent, equanimous, mindful, aware. These are conditions that arise and pass away. all The paramahara, the divine abode, devotional practices of Buddhism, the abode of Brahma, the purifying of the emotions, the balancing of the emotions, the expanding to where the, your mind can become as grand as the universe. You only limit it by your thoughts, by your narrow views, by your prejudices, by your viewpoints and opinions, by your own fears. Your mind is small or grand according to what you're thinking. You limit your mind to loving only this person and this thing, and your mind is that big, the universe is that big, that time. But we have the ability to expand our emotions, unlimited. But things like nationalism. Look what nationalism does. People fight and kill each other because they're emotionally limited to a nation. Liking only your own race. Having love and compassion for all people of your own race, but having none for people of others. We have racial wars, political wars. in Ireland, North Ireland, all yeah. that. What's that caused from? From a meanness of heart, an imbalance of emotion. All wars are caused for that. Amount of ignorance, identification with one thing, with one group, limited love, limited metta, limited compassion, lack of mudita, no equanimity, religious advance we only have respect and love for other Buddhists, and condemn all Christians to eternal hell. So it is, meta, Nesha, Kaurudan, and Deepa, it out the problem in Hara, which is developing the emotions. You can be the universe. grand, unlimited. You can be liberated from all limitations, from all identifications, from all conditions in the state of enlightenment. A state of ignorance is identifying with these little things. Identifying with your body. Identifying with your sex. Identifying with your race. With your nation, with your family, with your group, with your meditation teacher, with your religion, with your friends. Saying, this is me, this is mine, this belongs to me, this is right. And we should get rid of and eradicate all those who are opposed to us, who are threatening us. It's called choosing. Selecting, preferring, making preferences, having biases, having opinions, viewpoints. With our practices, is raising the consciousness above the world, getting into that which is the supreme consciousness, unlimited love, compassion, joy, a This is the devotional side of buddhism, and there is a very important thing to develop in your life. Sometimes you neglect it in this The Vipassana techniques for desire self-investigation get limited emotionally by our own self-interest and self-concern. The morning we also do what is called sharing of merit. That what I do today, all that is good, all that is virtuous, all that is kind, all that's merit, let it be shared with all beings everywhere. Do this every morning also. This will direct today day, so that you start the day out, of the idea of living in a good way, in a harmonious way. Doing things that are useful, helpful, and kind. For the benefit of the beings around you. Not just for your own self. And you know, I'm going to meditate today, so I can become enlightened. So, we practice meditation for the sake of all living beings as well as ourselves. Because by enlightening ourselves, by being enlightened, this affects the whole universe. Well, I'm nobody. I'm just an important person in the universe. What I do doesn't affect anybody else. My wrong thoughts, my anger, my stupidity, my greed, mine. I just so it doesn't—it's not going to affect any other beings, any other. Any—it's any, not going to affect the universe, but it does. When everybody, when we react blindly, when we just indulge in our greed and our stupidity and our hatred, it affects everything in the universe. You are a universe. Uh uh